Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. I'm your host, Rainy Star. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but you know it is because that's why you tuned in. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com and her Facebook page for the social media event of the Merry Merry Month of Morrison. Her limited edition candles are on sale until the end of this month, so get them while they're available because they are flying, 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 flying. So make sure you get yours. All right, joining me for the hour. I'm so excited. This is so cool. I don't know. I seem to be doing duos and trios and all kinds of things lately, and today is no exception. I have the amazing Martha Kirby Capo, and Vincent Higginbotham. I am so excited. Hey, you two, what's up? What? Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, Vinny, you wrote How Witchcraft Saved My Life, and you also write for Pathios. Is that correct? Yeah, I haven't really written for Pathios for quite some time, but um, I did at one point write on the Agora for Pathios, which is actually how I met Martha. That's exactly true. Yeah. That's awesome. And Martha, you're you're like a renowned uh, poet and and a writer as well. Um, so yeah, guys, tell me something about. How this because you you guys are collaborating is that correct on thrifty witchery? That is right. Yep. It's our COVID. So book. Everybody's been writing COVID books, so it's our COVID. Book. I know. <laughs> well, see, but here's the thing. I mean, and I haven't read it yet, obviously, um, but I'm really I'm excited about it for a number of reasons. Um, if you get to be my age, uh, which is over sixty by a goodly amount, um, you know that you collect a whole bunch of shit that you really don't need, okay? So uh, it's not Mm -hmm. just me. It's everybody. I know it's the fact. But I also have Mm -hmm. a lot of folks in my life who, during the pandemic, were not lucky enough to retain their employment. So Thrifty Witchery is such a timely book, not just for people who have too much shit, but for people who feel like they don't have enough shit. And, and for witchcraft and spellcasting and all of these things, you really don't need a whole lot of fancy stuff, do you? You know, that's really, that's the whole thrust of the book, which is in basically two different, uh, two different sections. In the first one, we talk about self-empowerment, and then we, we have a little triad uh, that we nickname IWI, which is Intuition, Wisdom, and Intention. And we talk about how to recognize one from the other, how to Mm -hmm. 
access each of those and then how to work with those uh, singly and then braid them together to empower your witchcraft and also for self-empowerment. And then the second half of the book uh, talks about fabricating, forging, I've got it backwards, forging, finding, and fabricating your tools that you feel like you either need or want to uh, bolster or or, um, make your witchcraft more robust. And so these are ways that you can... um, uh, how, what is around you already that you are just not looking at with witchy eyes that are uh-huh. already there and available and ready and many times already just uh, dripping with your own energy that you've already put into them and maybe in another fashion and are ready to be utilized in a new way uh, as part of your witchcraft. Yeah, I think that... Um I think that when Martha and I came together with this idea, I, I feel as though the mainstay kind of um, thought throughout the whole process was empowering a person, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, we're so inundated with Instagram and, you know, TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and everything where people are like, here's my altar, here's these candles, here's this everything. And while that's all great, like, I fully support witch shops and love to go shop at them and getting crystals and everything. It's just, when you think about it, that's not really what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is about tapping into your own kind of power of manifestation. And mm-hmm. so, well, let me, let me be clear. My definition of witchcraft is tapping mm-hmm. into my power of manifestation, right? So, like, I can't say what mm-hmm. witchcraft is or isn't, because who am I? I'm not the authority on what is and isn't witchcraft. But I can say that, like, I think a large part of it is about finding that empowerment and then using it. And so often I feel as though we are, again, inundated with the need to have these material things or these super witchy-looking things when you can go outside in your yard and pick up a stick, and if that stick means something to you, then it means something to you. And if you find mm-hmm. that magic, then it's magic. The dandelions growing in my yard are powerful because I identify their roots as something powerful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the, the whole idea of the book is, is to empower people outside of the need to have a capitalistic um, kind of drive or um, to feed capitalism in in their magic or in their empowerment. I agree with that. And, you know, the thing is, is that with, uh, I agree with that and I helped write it, (laughs) but we we get so many messages of disempowerment. uh, And I think particularly uh, sort of refracting off of uh, the the sort of last tendrils of COVID that keeps sort of casting out, we've come through a couple of years of feeling disempowered. And that's on top of the messages that the overculture gives us about our disempowerment, particularly because we are not mainstream. None of us are mainstream. We're not, we're not what is empowered in this particular culture. And so being able to claim your uh, magic as, as a, um, a thing fed by your own empowerment, there's a synergy there. And if you are if you are lacking in the one, you will be sort of uh, not as robust in the other. 
And so this, this right. message of self-empowerment is critical um, to, 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 to really being um, the most effective magic maker that you can be. Uh, and and that certainly everything kind of hinges you, off of that. Right. Well, when, you're, when you create your own tools, all of your intention and power goes into it, what I find happens, though, and it's not really necessarily just because of the pandemic. I think a lot of practitioners, maybe younger or older ones like me who are just fucking tired at this point, I think a lot of the mm. time it's, you know, and I'll speak for me, sometimes it's laziness, it's easier for me to go buy something that's already been created for whatever my intention sure. is, and I just, you know, use Absolutely. my intention on top of it. Or I think for a lot of younger people and perhaps newer practitioners, it's a fear of self. It's a fear of I'm not good enough to make a, a magical Precisely. tool. So, mm-hmm. so I really want you to speak to that for a bit, if you both would, about the importance of digging deep and finding that power from within, that intention, and to believe in yourself when you are creating a, a personal magical tool. Well, you know, I think that the the fear of self is, is definitely valid. I feel, I feel like the fear of missing out is actually more the point is that, like, people, they see something and they're like, oh, I don't want to not have that. Um, I definitely need this if other people have it, you know, and I feel like that loses that self-empowerment because there's, um, I think right at the beginning of the book, I talk about this moment that I had before I ever really came into witchcraft where all I had was my spit and cigarettes and I completely manifested what I wanted out of putting my intentions into that. Like I'm, I I was sitting on a porch and crying and I wanted this specific thing because I was basically homeless and um like I just I knew what I wanted and I was like all right I'm gonna spit in a puddle and I'm gonna empty out my cigarette tobacco into this and I'm gonna stir it and I'm gonna throw it out into the world and then like I got exactly what I wanted out of that within two weeks whereas I could go out and buy all of these things and then do magic and sometimes it just doesn't have the same passion behind it or feel that that original kind of spell had because the emotions are less connected because I'm, I'm not as connected to some materialistic thing as I am to maybe like the dirt I, I grabbed out of my yard or, you know, the, the rock that just spoke to me. It's not special. I don't know what kind of rock this is, but whatever the reason is like this rock is, is cool and I'm going to keep it on my desk for a year, you know, and I think and that I, I think, think the important part of that story too is that the cigarettes were like the most precious thing that you had. It was a yes, exactly. And, it was the and only that's thing I had. You, mm-hmm. And I think that's a critical component of how that how that worked because you took what you you had that you valued, and I mean, if you're going to crumble it up and mix it with your spit, you're not going to be able to smoke it, right? You're not using right. it for its intended purpose. You right. took that tool that became a tool. That you, with your empowerment, even though you didn't feel empowered at the time, but you, you took something that had a different purpose and you repurposed that, you mm-hmm. fabricated it into a component of the spell that you were casting. I think that's a critical, yeah. a critical observation. 
Well, and I think that it also serves as like almost a sacrifice because here's this one mm-hmm. thing Absolutely. that I have, right? I have no money. Cigarettes are expensive mm-hmm. even back in 2000 or 1999 when this happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm some 18-year-old homeless kid and a pack of cigarettes is like gold to you at that point. And so mm-hmm. when I'm then ripping my cigarettes apart, like this is a huge sacrifice. How am I going to get another pack mm-hmm. of cigarettes? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm making mm-hmm. that sacrifice mm-hmm. to try and manifest mm-hmm. my desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that locus is in you. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, when we see these curated images on, uh, on social media, it, it, I think, I think it gets very blurry that the locus of your power is seated within you. And these, and and this is not to say that I haven't gone out and spent money on on you know mm-hmm. stuff. I have, uh, and okay. and you know I've consecrated it and I use it to uh, as a channel of focus for power. But if that thing were to break the next day, I wouldn't stop being powerful. You know. That's mm-hmm. in me, and so developing. You know, Rennie, you asked how to how to uh, how to increase this development of your self worth and your self uh, your self empowerment, and it takes due yeah. diligence. I mean, it's really you know, practice. Uh, I think uh, somewhere in there we say practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes powerful, mm-hmm. and uh, and to be able to get to the around the idea that. You're going to try and fail. You're going to try and fail. You're going to try and fail. Not because you suck as a witch. That's not it. It's that that is what the process is. When you when you fail at something, then you know, okay, not that. Let's try it this way instead. And you are honing yourself into this tensile, powerful instrument that can do magic with ground-up cigarettes, spit, and mud. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Desperation can make for some amazing power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a situation where you are in desperate need and it's a genuine real need, not just a simple want. I mean, Vinny, in your case, it was a desperate need. I mean, you had nothing. And I think the power of that intention really makes the strongest kind of magic. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because you have nothing else, but you're so focused at that point that you mm-hmm. know where the magic is going, you know where your intention is going, you're very focused on your direction. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably, if you look back upon your life in the next 20 years, you'll see that mm-hmm. that was probably some of the most powerful spell work you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's true. I absolutely do. And, and the thing is, you have to have so many things that whatever method that you, each person takes to try to get themselves to that pinnacle of power, because everything's focused. Every switch is turned on. Everything is facing the same direction, like metaphysically, physically, everything. It's, it's just ratcheted on tight to the pinpoint tip, tip, tip of your intention. And then you throw that thing out there. That comes from you. Yeah. I mean, we we can't buy intention. <laughs> you know, no. we can't we no. can't. That, that that that's something that we have inside ourselves. And so the book really uh, talks about a a lot of ways to help. How do you develop your intuition? What are some things that you can do to develop intuition? 
What are some things you can do that develop your wisdom? What are some things that you can do that develop your intention? Uh, right. And and then once that works, uh, I wouldn't say done because we're constantly doing it, but once you're yeah. in a place where you've done a good amount of that work, then you start to see the world around you uh, really uh, with so much more precision, uh, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, Martha, you mentioned earlier that you and Vinny have not officially met in person, which leads me to my (laughs) question of how in the world did you guys even get together or get on a topic of doing a book together? I find that fascinating. How did this all come about? How did you meet? We, uh, interestingly enough, uh, oh, go ahead. You go first. No, you go first. Okay. So interestingly enough, the <laughs> like the first time that Martha and I are going to meet in person, face to face, is going to be at Mystic Celt this year, um, and which is a conference in Atlanta in July. Um, and so when I went to Mystic Celt the first time and actually pitched my book that like how witchcraft Path saved my life, um, yep. I uh, I also learned about the Agora and about Pantheus Pagan. And um, somebody suggested I reach out to Jason Menke, and so I did. And he was like, hey, actually, Martha's taking over the Agora right now. You should reach out to her. So I reached out to her, and um, this whole relationship budded from that. And, um, and that's ahead, been years ago. You're I mean, part that of that. Really... Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's been years ago. And I remember, I remember his... Um... I remember his query letter, and he sent some sample writing, and I, uh, I emailed uh, Jason and said, hey, will you look at what this guy has? Because I think there's something <clears throat> here. And he's like, you know, you're in charge of that space. You don't need me to tell you anything, which, I mean, I, I love that about Jason. He is so, uh, he is, he is so able to uh, recognize uh, uh, other people's uh, competencies and stuff. He's like, trust yourself. You got this. So I read it again. It's like, you know, I really think, I think, this, I think this is a go. I think this guy's got something here. And um, and so you know, we, we did all the rigmarole and and uh, got him onto uh, the agora where he, you know, wrote a column for a while. A lot of uh, COVID was not very kind to our our agora writers, and so you know. <laughs> Side plug for the Agora. I'm looking for writers desperately. If you want to write, email me, <laughs> please. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we had a really great – We it happens that our styles are, are really compatible. And, uh, I mean, really compatible. And we always approached each other with uh, um, perfect love and perfect trust. He trusted mm-hmm. me to be uh, forthright with him and honest and uh, that I wouldn't be – mean, spiteful, small, belittling, shaming, hurtful, none of that. It was about the writing. It wasn't about him as a person. It's about the writing. Uh, and, yes. and he approached me the same way. And so after he uh, got the first book out and we were, I don't know, talking about, I guess he was looking around for what his next project was going to be because he had a whole bunch of irons in the fire. And uh, well, because that's Vinny. Well, and, uh, but wait. <laughs> Wait, because wait, there's you more. left out a really important part. The oh, whole yeah. time I was writing How Witchcraft Saved My Life, it was Martha who I was going to. And I was That's running true. everything past her. She 
he's the first person who ever read that book. Martha read the book before my editor ever read the book. And then when I got my revisions, I was like, Martha, what does this mean? And Martha was like, Martha has been my guide as a writer for three years now, Martha? Well, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around that. And so Martha was like a huge part of that. And then now you step in again, Martha. He's my lobster. I know. He's my lobster. We're lobsters. Anyway, um, so we were talking on the phone about, because he was kicking around what his next project might be. And I'm not quite sure. So many times when we're talking together, an idea bubbles up like in both of our brains at the same time. And we're falling over each other trying to say, but, 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 and it's the same idea. We've got the same, somehow we've gotten the same idea. And, um, you know, I had, I mean, I've written a lot, but I haven't written a book. And, and uh, I thought, you know, I really would love to do that. And either one of us or both of us together or one of us said, well, let's do this together. And so I was just talking to Vinny about this the other day. It's like, at the beginning of this process, Vinny was like the person who dealt with everybody else because I don't get out much. And now, mm-hmm. having written this book, I feel like it's changed, it's changed me. Writing a book changes you, or changed me anyway, uh, to be more yeah. confident with people I don't know, to uh, butt in, you know, instead of waiting my turn, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to do all kinds of things. Uh, and that Vinny mm-hmm. has coached me through that. Vinny has been the one to say, you, you have this. You're fine. Don't, don't, you know, don't crawl back into your cave because you're doing fine out here in the sunshine. Stay here with me. Yep. And so, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he's amazing. We're, we're both each other's biggest I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. I, I have to tell you um, how witchcraft saved my life is probably in – in my opinion, not that my opinion really makes that much difference to anything, but I think it's one of the most important books that have been written. Oh, in the I, last absolutely oh. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. There's the nothing like that, that book. There, first of all, there is nothing like that book, number one. Number two, it is such a book of personal empowerment, which I think is sorely lacking across the board. And it, I mean, it may, I, I tried to read it like three different times and I kept crying and putting it down <laughs> because he kept making me cry. And I, you know, the first time he, then he was on with me, I said, you made me cry. And I think he thought I was saying it in a bad way, but I was like, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> so I, I just, I love the book and I think it is such a worthwhile thing. And I recommend it to like all of my friends who, you know, have dark spots in their lives or are going through a rough time because it is so encouraging that you can come out on the other side. I mean, it's just spiritually such a great book. So it I, really is. You know, and, you know, the thing is, is, like, Vinny always shows up for himself, and that's one of the things that I really admire about him because this guy has been through – I led a very sheltered, uh, a very sheltered life for quite a while. Yeah. And so Vinny's had experiences that, holy mackerel, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he has always shown up for himself. And that's mm-hmm. what we think uh, witches can do for themselves to empower themselves. You show up for yourself, you know. Yeah. And that is part, that is key to, uh, 
to to really give, making yourself a powerful magic maker because you have shown up for yourself. Yeah. See, yeah, well, and you know, both is, though, is incredible. That, the thing is, okay. though, is that Martha was just talking about how, like, writing the book has kind of, like, created this change in her. And I think that that's, like, the book doing its work, too, in such a way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I first met Martha, I think that it was, like, Martha came to me and she was, like, you know, you wrote this really great book and you can expand on this idea of, of empowerment. And I was, like, oh, mm-hmm. I can and then I was like, Martha, write it with me. And at first she was hesitant. Mm-hmm. And she didn't mm-hmm. know. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll give you some space to think about it. And then I came back two weeks later. I was like, so, are you going to do it? And she was like, okay. And then we jumped in. And, like, there's just been this whole change. It's, it was like a year-long process. And, like, oh, yeah. I just watched oh, yeah. Martha grow into her own empowerment. And this is not to say that Martha was not empowered and not, like, no, but you know, saying. magical I hear, I hear prior. Yeah, but like she, like while she was showing up for herself, it wasn't so public. And I mm-hmm. think that that's the difference is that Martha is like, hey, I think I don't know, Martha. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that maybe you feel more free to show up with yourself in front of people to let them see that you're showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does make sense. It absolutely makes sense. Well, it's really beautiful. I mean, this somebody is really... has something to say that's <laughs> of importance potentially to everybody, and you show up for yourself to put it out there. You know, when my husband has this joke: my wife isn't just rain a star; it's rain a star. God damn it! <laughs> and it's kind of true. When, you know, it's like there is a command for attention, and you know, you have to be bold. It takes boldness to get people's attention. It takes boldness to project your message and have it stick and have people hear it. If you say it quietly, um, a lot of people who need that message are going to miss it. So if you are believe in yourself and you are bold, I'm telling you, you're going to reach so many more people. And I Mm -hmm. think that is part of how magic works. You must be bold in your intention as well. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, it's like no. Um, I, I we limit ourselves, and we are so unaware of how we limit ourselves all the time. Now, I am not going to say that that uh, you know the 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 quote unquote best or most successful, which is the one that has unlimited power. That's that's not how that works. Um, right. It's really an interesting world if it did. Um, uh-huh. But if you if you are again, I think part of learning how to listen to your intuition is part uh, part of that is learning what you have set as your boundaries that you may not be aware of. How have you mm-hmm. limited yourself and then and then become complacent or comfortable within those limits? You grow as a person. I mean, physically, we grow as people. Emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, we grow as people. So it makes sense that whatever that boundary was that you felt like was an outer limit boundary at one stage in your life, to revisit that and say, is that really, is is this constricting now? Is this really uh, something that's helping me? And if it isn't, what are you going to do about it? Choose to do something about it. Exactly. I mean, 
you know, it's easy to recognize that you're stuck, but what are you going to do about it? And I see this mm-hmm. um, being something that women especially uh, struggle back, well, back in my day, um, you know, I was taught that you bow your head and get married and have children and this and that and the other thing, and I'm like, wow. So I'm so glad That's the exactly world is right. so different. I'm but so Vinny glad and I there's ha- diversity. had that conversation. Oh, yeah. We had oh, this yeah? conversation in the book because we were talking about how we're disempowered. He was disempowered in ways unique to him. I, uh, you know, I am, uh, I am 64 and grew up in the South and grew up uh, in a, uh, uh, a, uh, a fairly rigid class system. And so uh-huh. there were all kinds of things that I was taught. And, the t- and these things that we learn as malleable children, as malleable souls, stay with us. Uh-huh. They're hard to overcome. Uh, and that, that absolutely informed a lot of the ways that I lived and moved and had my being in the world for a long sure. time. Uh, yeah. And it, those, are, those are hard habits to break. And yet I say this as, as, you know, as a woman from the South, a certain age, da-da, certain whatever. But Vinny has also been disempowered. He knows what that feels like. I mean, poverty is very disempowering. Uh, the gay stigma, oh, yeah. you know, at the time, you know, very disempowering. So it's interesting, an interesting for us um, sort of leitmotif of this book is that we're so different. I mean, we're really, we could mm-hmm. be more different. But <laughs> magic and, and the way we think about magic and, and our belief systems, it's just remarkable how often they're really fairly well aligned, very, fairly closely aligned, which I think is, I, I just yeah. think, hmm, isn't that interesting to me? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, it's, it's interesting, period, because I will tell you, you know, when, when Vinny said, oh, let's talk about, because I had Vinny, uh, I book way far in advance. Um, I have, like, tons of people that, that I'm reading their books and, you know, they'd like to come on. So I have to book really far out. So the last mm-hmm. time Vinny and I had talked, I, it was just him. And I said, what are we talking about? And he's like, okay, we're going to talk about this book that I'm working on with Martha. And I said, Oh, cool. And then I can't remember, Vinny, what happened, but I don't know if something happened on my side. I think it was my husband's accident. My husband was in a really bad accident. Um, and, mm. and Vinny was like, you know, this is kind of fortuitous because if we reschedule now, we can get Martha on too. And I was like, oh, that would be yeah. fun. So, yeah, I mean, but to see two yeah, people well, when we, who are so opposite. I'm sorry, baby, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was going to say, when we originally booked, it was right after our last conversation, and I didn't even know that this book with Martha was going to happen. And then it came up, and it came time to do it, and I think that you actually had a technical difficulty. Like, something about, like, when we tried to connect for the show, it didn't work. And, um, And I had told Martha about it, and I was like, dang, I wish I had thought to, like, say, hey, let's bring Martha on, because I'm going to talk about the next book. And then it didn't work because right. we didn't get to do the show. And so when you were like, well, let's right. reschedule it. And I was like, okay, great. Let's include Martha. And it Woo-hoo, was just yeah. it was perfect. It was fortuitous because, like, I couldn't talk about the next book without her. Like, that, A, Aww. wouldn't be fair. And B, would, like, you know, I mean, 
she deserves her spotlight too, you know? Well, and that's why I was so excited that it turns out we might be able to do a little bit of a presentation on it at Mystic South. So that's a, that was a wonderful, uh, yes. that's a, that's, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased because we have a really terrific dynamic for people who have never met each other. Um, we yeah. have this yeah. really just an easy, easy working relationship where I can, I can say anything to Vinny. I can put any kind of theory out there in front of him. And, in fact, in the book, mm-hmm. there's a lot of places when we were writing it, and I'd just be like, I'm, I'm way up in my head an awful lot. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. Vinny would say, I don't understand a word you wrote. I have no idea what you're saying here. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so, but it was fine. I didn't get my feelings hurt or anything. I mean, he's telling me what his truth is. He has no idea what the heck I'm saying. And so it's great, like, okay, let me go back and rework that. And and right. and and let's see if we can get that to a place. And the same thing, we're like, Vinny would write something, and I'd say, you know, I, I'm not quite sure you exactly mean this. Is this what you mean to say? And and he'd be like, yes. And I, okay. <laughs> or he'd say, Martha no. Martha is actually Maybe excellent at that. <laughs> Martha is excellent at going, I think you mean this. And me being like, yes, that is what I mean. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. And then, like, it. The thing about it is, like, I've talked to other people who've written books together, and, like, they take turns. And, like, I think Mm -hmm. that there's not really very many places in the book that you can go, oh, Martha definitely wrote this whole thing. Where, like, the Mm -hmm. outside viewer. Obviously, Martha and I could look at it and go, oh, yeah, this is, like, Martha contributed this whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but, like, I, I think that, I think that throughout the book, we have a singular voice that, like, mm-hmm. separate. Like, I think you can tell on the practices, like, mm-hmm. probably who wrote this practice, probably who wrote that, because I think that we have a different way of working magic. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. unique to us, as it should be for all witches. But yes, when when you listen to the voice of the book, it's it's singular, and I think that that's mm-hmm. what's really powerful about it is that we can approach magic in these different ways. But then we have this very simpatico way of viewing the world and magic and how it works and, and why it works and different things like that. Even if Martha is much more loquacious, I think is the word I'm looking for, than I am. Is it loquacious, like somebody who has a lot of words? I'm loquacious. Martha, I correct me. i got a lot of yes. words. Loquacious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas I'm very, like... <laughs> Whereas I'm very straightforward, like, you know, I just, I don't great. really, yeah, I don't really, like, mince anything or sugarcoat things. And, and so, like, when you mix those two things together, it really becomes this, this almost alchemical experience to, to walk with I was going to say, if I, get, if I get this metaphor, if I get this own metaphor, because what we're talking about mm-hmm. when you're, like, I'm a big believer in, in a personal magical signature. All of us have our own DNA. Magic is in our DNA. That's a Vinny thing. And I believe that too. And we each have a magical signature that is uniquely ours. And when we come out to the energies that are surrounding us and we start to recognize them, honor them for what they are, and then we start trying to stitch that stuff together, whereas it's stitching our unique magical signature, our fingerprint, with the magical signatures inherent in the world around us, we are creating mm-hmm. an amalgam. That's like what this book is an, an, a complete metaphor in and of itself for, because Vinny has his own magical signature. I have mine, uh-huh. and we weave it together and try to make something new. 
and mm-hmm. and for it to be for it to be successful, it must be consistent uh, with his own system, consistent with my own system, and consistent within itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I find and this is why this is why I have same up in my head. <laughs> well, no, one of the things I find so interesting that I wanted to ask you both about, and please take this question in the spirit with which I'm asking it because. I'm in my 60s, too. Um, So what I wanted to know was, was there ever a moment where you thought, God, you know, there's a huge age gap here. There's a huge experience gap here. Before you got to the beautiful amalgam that you created together, were there any um, worries or fears or, or concerns about the big differences? I didn't think so. No, we had been working together. I don't either. Yeah. For a while, previously, oh, and and um, I mean, you know, the only I, w- I would say, like, uh, I think, and Benny, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of your um, magical truths is that magic is science that has not been explained yet. Is that yeah right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is yep. a there's a slight difference between us on that because I think science is science and magic is magic. Uh, but that, and I and I strongly believe that. So I don't feel like I bent my belief in the presentation in the book. Um, but I could see I could see where he was coming from, and I could honor what he was coming from. And it didn't it didn't dent me. It didn't uh, lessen the quality of my belief to say, you know what? I, let's find a way to say this that honest what you believe and honest what I believe, even though we kind of believe different things about this. Uh, and right. so to me, when we have those, when we have those, uh, uh, I mean, we never went to the mat with each other on anything. Mm-mm. We, uh, nope. you, know, we, you know, we never, I mean, we work really well together. <laughs> and that's not to say we didn't disagree on some stuff, but we, sure. uh, again, perfect love, perfect trust. I trusted him to tell me, his truth, he trusted me to hear his truth. And the mm-hmm. same back and back and forth, you know. So, you know, neither one of us is into shaming or blaming or any of that other stuff because it's about the book. It's not about Vinny. It's not about Martha. It's about the book. So when you move yep. that, uh, those rough edges where maybe the gears aren't meshing as well as they might be, but you've got it uh-huh. over here in that manuscript. You just got to work the problem. You know, you just have to work the difference. So no, I I, I wouldn't say. I'm, I think I think uh, I, it, it nev- we were always aware that that there's a vast uh, age and experience difference between us, but it was never an impediment. You know. Yeah, I I would definitely um, concur on that. Like there was never a moment where I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, um, I never felt like this won't work or anything like that. I can think of one conversation in particular that Martha and I had. We must have been on the phone for like an hour and a half one day and we were throwing Uh back and forth this one idea. And it was this, Mm -hmm. it was literally what built the book. It was the IWI. And Mm -hmm. we were going back and forth about it because she had Uh this one kind of like way of phrasing the same thing that I was phrasing and neither one of us, really like 
caught that we were saying the same thing for a minute mm-hmm. until I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, we're saying the same thing. And Martha was like, what do you mean? And then I think, I think like once I started saying like the IWI idea, the, the intuition, wisdom, and intention aspect of it mm-hmm. and how it all mm-hmm. kind of flows into then being used for fabrication, foraging, and finding, that's mm-hmm. when the book really became a book. That's interesting. And it was yeah, like this moment where we both were like, oh, yeah, this is completely going to work because we do understand yeah. how to see eye to eye even when we don't understand mm-hmm. what the other one is saying. We're saying the mm-hmm. same right. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I mean, coming from a um, – coming from – because I, you mentioned I've done poetry and I have done poetry and liturgy and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But the, the interesting thing about a successful poem is that, particularly if you're writing not um, um, free verse, but if you're if you're writing, let's say a haiku or something where you have a specific <clears throat> structure that you must adhere to, and now you're going to try and write your message while honoring that structure, that's the that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's the thing that happened with us in this book is that we had a structure, and now we have to write our um, our heart, our, you know, our, what comes to us, our, our message, while honoring that structure. And so it's kind of like jazz. You know, like successful jazz isn't just play willy-nilly whatever you want. It's like you know what the rules are, and then you find the way to creatively work within those rules that, that, that still honors you, your own authenticity as, as, as whoever you are. That, uh-huh. that is what this partnership was like. You know, I mean, it was a great, literally, literally on uh, on almost every page, there are sections where even within sentences, there's two words that are Vinny's, there's three words that are Martha's, there's four mm-hmm. words that are Vinny's, there's two words that are Martha's, or, you know, like sentences where like, I mean, it's really, we are interwoven, we're laced, uh, we are laced uh, throughout that book. And I think it makes it, I think it makes it terribly dynamic. Yeah, yep. I can't wait to read it. Are you kidding? So I've got to ask you both a question, and, and Vinny, I'm going to ask you this question first. Do you feel um, in the wide, wide pagan witchcraft world right now that there is more acceptance of diversity? Because I will tell you, and Martha, I'm going to ask you this in a, in a minute too, a different way, but, you know, I remember when there was a world where a younger person would never think of writing with an older person. And, you know, you know, sometimes um, our LGBT voices are not represented. And sometimes, mm-hmm. listen, I'm a crone. I, I'm not represented either. But I feel like now, having come through all of these decades, that's why I love the idea of this book so much because, it really does not judge by age, and it does not judge by sexuality. It doesn't judge period. Mm-hmm. It is just a unified, full-throated voice that spans decades. As Instead of just representing one or the other, it's as though the two of you have integrated together to go a full spectrum, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, I mean, like, 
in terms of the pagan world or the occult world or, mm-hmm. you know, however we're going to yeah. term it, whatever semantics we're going to use, right? I feel right. incredible acceptance. I don't, I don't really feel marginalized in the community. Um, I think mm-hmm. that there's always bad seeds, but I think that those bad seeds are hidden sure. by a lot of really good plants. And Ooh, yeah. I that's think nice that, that. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I think that what we're seeing now in modern culture is this idea that if you're not accepting of of multiple paths or diversity, that you're not going to be accepted. It is those people that are becoming marginalized. And so I find that, at least for me, the time frame that I've come into the community and, and where I'm kind of having an opportunity to stand up and be counted is really good timing for that. Um, so mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't, I haven't felt any kind of like ostracization. That's a word I'm going to just go ahead and make up ostracization. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> and um, I just, I definitely don't feel as though I've experienced that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of problems in any community, right? There's like witch mm-hmm. wars all the time and all kinds of stuff. But I find that if you don't if you don't choose to participate and you just go ahead and accept everybody where they're at for who they are, yep. you don't really end up with many issues, at least now. And I can't speak on how it used to be, right? Like, I mean, the two of you have probably both been part of the community much longer than I have. And so you might say, oh, yeah, well, there was a time where everything was sexist or, oh, yeah, there was a time where only male authors were being published or, you know, like BIPOC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, individuals were not represented. And I think that while it might not be where it can be and where it's going to be one day, it's definitely on the, um, the upslope of that. You know, it's trending upwards. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that being able to stand up and, and be counted at this time is helping that. I mean, I'm a white man, mm-hmm. right? So I can't really... I can't really speak to any form of discrimination. I would be a jackass if I tried because, like, like what is that? Some white guy being like, oh, yeah, discrimination and just community is a thing. Like, there's no way. Like, I think that Martha's take on that would be more valid just being a woman, you know, or mm-hmm. like any BIPOC individual would be valid, much more valid than me. So, like, in my terms, no, I haven't experienced that. But I'm also, unfortunately, and I guess sometimes fortunately, privileged in, in the fact that that's not something that I've really experienced in life in general. Being a white man helps me blend. So, mm-hmm. no, no, I would say no. Wow. That, that was so honest. Uh, this is one of the things I love about you, Vinny. You shoot from the hip all the time. You're yeah. completely authentic. Mm-hmm. You're always, mm-hmm. you're always like direct with me, and you tell me exactly how it is. I do feel like I disagree with you some, um, yeah. but only out of a protective, loving you type of way. You know, I mean, you've been through a lot of really not cool shit, and I think people who have been hurt. Are, are valid and those experiences need to be I agree. Um, accepted and talked about and validated. I mean, I understand what you're saying about being 
a white male, this white male got it. I mean, yes, there are certain things that just because of certain ways you were born that there is privilege attached to it. Same thing for me mm-hmm. as a white female. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the experiences, the pain you went through is also real. And, and I really want to say that I want to honor that because, again, you wrote a book that I really recommend anybody could read this book just Mm-hmm. Just to know that there's a there's a way out. There's there's a way mm-hmm. out. There's a way to make it better. There's intention. A way to through, use. really. Yeah. 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 There's. I mean, so I I appreciate your candidness with this, but I also want to honor your experiences too. Um, so, Martha, how yeah. about mm-hmm. you? Is is it different being accepted? I mean, I noticed this for myself that you know. Paganism, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it, magical spaces, magical community, is the one place where I'm not judged for being old. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you had the same kind of things going on. I, you know, I've never, um, I'm, I, I think, one thing I think, is that in the pagan community, uh, there's a lot of power uh, accorded to women. Uh, I think it's kind of, um, and and just as a natural, I mean, it's just as a natural, I suppose, component of uh, the community. Uh, there's power that's accorded to older women. Uh, uh-huh. Again, I think just kind of as a as a community. Um, yeah. I'll be super frank with you. I don't I don't get out very <clears throat> very much. So. It's not like I've gone to gazillion, bazillion festivals and 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 things like that. I just I I don't get out much. Um, I've gotten out more down here in Florida. The oddest thing is like I feel like coming. We've only been here about three and a half years or so. My husband's a, a Unitarian Universalist minister, and so we have traveled yeah. uh, across uh, the country as he's had different postings. But down here in Miami, I feel like I am the freest. To be who I am outside of the pagan community, uh, like just wow. in everyday life, uh, than I've uh-huh. ever been anywhere, ever been anywhere, and that has been extremely empowering. Um, yeah. It's not like I felt like I had to. I guess I did feel like I had to kind of hide, like in the Midwest, and then of course when my children were growing up, you know, uh, it's a very competitive school system down where we were. And I, you know, uh-huh. I can't really go around saying yes, and uh, and their mom's a witch because you know that's not going to work. But you know, they're old now; they're they're adults. And and again, down here in Miami, it's just been this this pagan community down here. This uh, uh, has been so welcoming and so affirming, and it has really uh, emboldened me to just say, you know. To heck with it! I'm just going to be who I am all the time, everywhere. I'm not going to just wait for like a uh, a weekend thing or like when I'm no when I know I'm with like-minded people. I'm done. I'm uh-huh. me. And I think that's I think that's kind of a crone. You know, it's like I'm done. Uh-huh. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. So you know, this is me. Bye. You got to deal with it. Yep. If you don't want to, yay you. Yep. Have a fabulous life. Uh-huh. But this is it. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> And that's I love that. No, I really do. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to just say, you know what, screw you, 
screw your bullshit. I'm me, and I'm doing me. You go do you, Buttercup. That's fine. Yeah, um, and that's fine. Quick, you know, quick, that's fine. Yeah. Quick story. I have about a, I have a kids and being a witch. I, you know, I used to keep it very quiet because I didn't want my. I have two sons. I didn't want them running around telling their little friends at school. Oh, you know, their mother's a witch and have them come after me with pitchforks because we live in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. One, one day my older child comes home and he says, so I told my friend at school that, that you're a witch and I about died inside from fear. Oh, and, I, and I said, oh, God, what did your friend say? And he looks at me and he says, oh, her mom is too. And I went, ah. Oh, how funny. <laughs> We were serving so, a church know, up in the uh, in the Midwest, and uh, they had a they had like a um, Unitarian Universalist churches often will have something called a Cups chapter, uh, which is sort of their earth centered uh, spirituality groups. And this particular church had a, a a program that they would do every solstice. <clears throat> and one of the members of the church came up to me before the service and said. Uh, that her niece was going to be uh, visiting, and she was so excited because she was going to be able to see real witches. And I was, like, looking over my wow. shoulder going, where? And I was like, oh, my God, she's <laughs> talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, I, I just thought it, was, I thought it was so funny because it's one of those things. Sometimes people see things in you that you don't see for yourself. Which is yeah. something other people had seen in me that it took me a long time for me to say, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear that mantle. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Uh, it was, it has been one of the mm-hmm. odder experiences uh, in life, where people come up to you and, and they see you, but you don't see yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I think Vinny did that for me, and I think I did that yeah. for Vinny. Yeah. yeah. I saw something in him. I saw something in him that was just this beautiful jewel of a writer that just needed a little help, just a little opportunity. He just needed a chance. And he saw something Uh in me that just needed to, uh, you know, again, have the self-empowerment and self-confidence to say, you know, maybe maybe the world isn't quite as awful as I think it might be. (laughs) Although Mm -hmm. it is an awful lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, no, there are times, but, you know, I, say, I, see that in both, I, I do see it in both of you that you've got this extraordinary connection, that you've got this extraordinary gift. Um, I really can't wait to read this book. When is it supposed to be coming out? April, um, I believe April of 2023, yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to see the cover for it. I think they're still working on the cover. Are they? Oh, my gosh. I'm mm-hmm, so yeah. excited to have you guys back on when, you know, for the release of it, if I could, like, talk you into it early. Because I'm actually sure. booking next day, so I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I'm getting the scoop. I love, I, I love getting the scoop. And I have to tell you both, I'm so excited to meet you both um, in July. Everybody, we're going to be at Mystic South Conference in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, check out mysticsouthconference.com, and uh, you'll be able to see everybody going, at, or rather the, the, the folks who are presenting, and it's going to be a really great time. And um, 
So, Martha, I'll start with you. How can folks reach you? Um, I have a uh, Facebook page called The Corner Crone. Um, and then I uh, I was on Twitter, but gosh darn it, recent events, uh, just I thought, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. But I am on Instagram as uh, The Corner Crone. Uh-huh. And uh, I am still occasionally, uh, occasionally writing on the Agora. Uh, I have a couple of books in the pipeline. I'm working on a second book now. So I'm not as uh, oh. good at writing at the Agora as I used to be, but I'm very hopeful I'm going to get better. <laughs> But that's really it for me. Just uh, Facebook, the Corner Crown, and uh, on Instagram, I'm the Corner Crown. Wow. Vinny, what about you? How can folks catch up with you? So um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and I'm now on TikTok. Um, and you can literally just search Vincent Higginbotham, and I should be hopefully the only thing that pops up. But, um, I mean – it's pretty easy to find me on all three platforms by just typing in the name Vincent Higginbotham. Wonderful. Guys, thank you so much for spending the hour with me. It really flew by. I didn't realize how close <laughs> to the wire we were. <laughs> it I'm always really, does fly really, by with you. I've been on other podcasts I where know. I was like, oh, my God, is this over yet? And then, like, with you, I'm always no. like, wait, it's been an hour? This is my first podcast, yeah, so I feel like uh, I'm very happy. You were delightful. Well, I'm so glad, and and I think you're both remarkable. And I love the I love you separately, and I love you together. And I think that Yay. is such a great thing to see. And I really am encouraged that. Yeah, maybe younger folks don't think I'm quite as you know, the batshit old lady that I thought they think I am. Um, <laughs> although most of you probably do anyway. It's okay, kiddo. Hansi Reina is a little bit out there. I'm the eccentric aunt, as you know. But <laughs> both of you. Martha, thank you so much. Vinny, thank you so much. Really looking forward to seeing you both. And can't wait for Thrifty Witchery. Very exciting. Very Yay. exciting. Thank you. Have an excellent Thank you so much. It was a joy. It really was. Oh, a joy. I love you both. You guys are okay. fantastic, and we'll we'll reschedule shortly. I will come back and email you both. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. All right, guys. I will be back on Friday with Rachel Henderson, and we're going to talk about the scent of lemon and rosemary. I'm very, very excited. Have a great day tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Bye, bye. <laughs>